Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Tom. We are team. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am Gumshoe Tom. This is a murder mystery show. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) We are team binge. We are here without mistake or not by accident to talk about Murder at the End of the World, a TV show on Hulu or FX. Are they the same? I don't it's know. It's kind of weird. Part it's of an FX show, but yeah, it streams on Hulu. So I don't, I don't know if it actually airs on cable net or FX. I think it's also on the network Fearless because after it shows FX, it then says Fearless. So it's true. I think that's somehow wrapped up in all of it. We welcome all of you back. We apologize for the hiatus. We've been waiting for good TV to come out. And Tom, we've watched episodes one and two of Murder at the End of the World, and I feel like we picked a good one. That's my initial Mm -hmm. take on this. How did you feel? Yeah, I liked it. So going into the show, I think we'd watched some trailers, and I think it was reviewed pretty well. But the writers and creators of this, which is Britt Marlin, who actually plays Lee in the show here. She's a writer, creator, actress. Um, And then she has a writing partner. I think it's Sal Batmengslie. I don't know. I'm butchering that. You did a great job. (laughs) I would have done worse. Not that you did bad. But I would have done worse than the bad that you did. Go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, so so they're writing partners, and they did the show OA for Netflix, which I tried to watch. It was kind of like slow and trippy and an, an interesting concept. I don't think I actually ended up getting through the first season, uh, but I didn't know they did this show after until we picked it. So I'm a little bit leery and interested to see how this goes. But I mean, I'm with you. From what we've seen in these first two episodes, I'm I'm definitely in. Now, the OA, that's kind of like the OC, though, but the people from OA don't like when you use the term OA, right? Is that a little... Correct. It's an East Coast East Coast thing, yeah. you got to say Orange County, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about episode one. For those of you that have never listened to us before, I apologize. Maybe blame the person that introduced you to our podcast, but we're going to go through episode one. As I mentioned, we've watched episode two, so... We're going to kind of keep it spoiler free, but if something slips in there, well, we can't be blamed because we're not professionals. Um, (laughs) So let's jump into this, Tom. And what I like most about this show is I'm going to have to listen to your theory crafting and you being the gumshoe who has solved... Hundreds of murders? Is that correct at this point? You're I mean, dozens. I don't know if I'd say hundreds. Dozens of dozens. Uh, he's the Sherlock Holmes of our generation. And by our generation, I mean the greatest generation. Uh, Tom <laughs> and I are both roughly between, I don't know, 30 and 80 years old. So figure it <laughs> out, folks. But uh, there's a lot happening in this show. There's different timelines. We're going to try and keep it all together. But what I wanted to start with, Tom, is like the questions this show is trying to throw at us and what you and I are going to be focused on solving, which Mm -hmm. is a couple of different murders, it seems like, as well as just like backstories and piecing it all together. And I I think they do a pretty good job of, as you're watching the show, like I know where I'm at and I know what's happening. As a podcaster regurgitating it, I have no idea where I'm at and I will (laughs) be confused through all of this. So um, my gumshoe friend, please keep me in line. But The questions that I kind of focused on are, at the end of episode one, one of the main characters is murdered or dies. Mm -hmm. Um, May not be murder, to be quite honest. Uh, And that's that's Bill. And Mm -hmm. Bill is, um, you know, the other main character from the flashbacks with Darby. 
And so let's talk about these two uh, actors and actresses really quickly. So Darby Hart is our main character, played by Emma Corrin. Did you know this actress at all? I have never seen her from anything, but she is phenomenal. She does a great job. You, I think you're being a little modest here. I know that you watched multiple times Lady Chatterley's Lover on Netflix. Um, you never told, heard of it. You told me about it actually uh, at the last family reunion. You mentioned it multiple times <laughs> to Gam Gam, which I thought was a little aggressive, but it is what it is. She's also she plays Lady Die in one of the seasons of The Crown, not yeah, like the okay. older Lady Die, but like mid level Lady Die. Um, Makes sense. They change ages in that show, Tom. Have you not watched The Crown? I know of The Crown. I, I, I know that they like jump and change characters every season, but I have not uh, not watched. I think the royal family is, you know, sorry, British audience, but the royal family is a joke. Oh, oh, Coming wow. Hot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to delete the next four pages of my thoughts on The Crown that I thought we were going to discuss tonight. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on. And so Bill... Bill Farah, her, I don't know, sleuthing partner in the beginning, uh, is played by Harrison Dickinson. Did you did you recognize this gentleman? Uh, no, same kind of thing. I don't think I've seen him from anything. I think I've seen trailers. He's in the Kingsman, which is that the Kingsman series, but I that's the latest one that I've never watched. Sure. He was also in See How They Run, which was a movie we recommended at one point, or at least I recommended oh, it. Sam Rockwell one, one? Yeah, that Sam Rockwell yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Anyways, I think the reason neither of these uh, actors and actresses look uh, real is maybe the haircuts. Um, I don't know what's happening <laughs> with the bangs of these two people in the days. show. They, uh, <laughs> they have the same barber. The same person put a bowl on both of their heads and just cut across <laughs> the front. And it's it was really quite devastating because I'm sure they're beautiful people, but uh, man, I don't I don't know whose note that was. Where they're like, hey, listen, these people are from, uh, well, one's from Ohio in the show, and the other one's from Iowa. Which I would like to point out, <laughs> my wife was like, are they Canadian in the show? What's happening with <laughs> these accents? Because we have two British people, two very British people, trying to do Midwest accents, and does it work? Not all the time. Is it going to bother me? <laughs> For the rest of the series, probably not. Do I love it? No, not really. Uh, but I can, uh, I, I can get by it. Anyways, I don't think I noticed any of the accent work, but I mean, they they do have unique uh, unique voices. That's that's for sure. And then uh, I feel like the biggest name is probably Clive Owen. Or is Clive Owen still a big name? I don't I don't know. Clive Owen playing the the tech genius uh, Andy Ronson. Every time mm-hmm. I see Clive Owen, I'm like. Where did Clive Owen go? He was so good in uh, so many things in the beginning, and then he just kind of disappeared. Once the world stopped having babies, we like lost him, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it was after that bank heist in, in, in Inside Man. Oh, that's, yeah, see? Also a, a great one. What was this episode called, Tom? Uh, home Fatale, the first did, episode. Did you look up what that means? Uh, it means Home Fatale. <laughs> Fatal home. That's correct. Okay. Do we want to give like an overarching summary or do we feel like our audience has watched so this episode and they know what's going on? Here's my, here's my question. So this is a show like I think some others we've watched, like maybe even the after party, you could give it um, some credence to, but it's a flashback show, right? So we're getting the main story 
in real time, but to be able to fill in the character of Darby and Bill, all these backstories and all these flashbacks. So it's difficult to kind of pot on because you are jumping back and forth. So, I mean, we can just kind of go through it maybe scene by scene and, and skip the stuff that maybe isn't as pertinent, but I mean, I don't, it's, it's good. This so, would be an episode that's tough to give a, a synopsis for. So let me ask you this. Do we feel the overarching like mystery for the series is Bill's murder? Cause he dies in episode one. We have very much something I've said. I, 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 I love deeply. We have very much an Agatha Christie type setup. We have a mm-hmm. bunch of people, different backgrounds, different reasons. They're all essentially in a man- mansion in the countryside, although this is some tech genius's home <laughs> at the end of the world. Um, and someone is murdered, and it's got to be one of the people that's there, right? That's that's the that's the overarching mystery? I think so. I mean, it's the heart of the show is, I think, a murder mystery, but then to be able to understand that murder mystery, it's like all these people's motives and everything. And there's quite a few characters that get brought in. And I think it's interesting that, and we'll get into it later, but the idea that like Andy's character brings in some of these people and Lee brings in some of these people, we don't really know what their motivations are. You know, Andy says it's all to fight climate change and everything, but I mean, how much, how much of that do we think is really real? And maybe is he playing at something else? So I think it's not only the murder mystery, but just the mystery of, of this Andy Ronson character. Did did it take you out of the show, Tom, knowing that it was just a bunch of rich people getting together to fight something that you don't believe is real? And by that, I mean climate change. You Did that, did it take you out of the show when you realized that they were just pushing that agenda? Yeah, I mean, as, as an avid flat earther, you can't have climate change <laughs> when the water just goes on the side into space, right. allegedly. So. Right, and that yeah. plane flew in a straight line to get from, I don't <laughs> exactly. know, New York to... Uh, Iceland, uh, mm-hmm. which, which is where they're at. So uh, I knew you'd be bothered by some of those facts. <laughs> uh, what I think is fun in the premise of this is, as you're talking about the flashbacks, this idea that Darby Hart is like a Reddit internet murder sleuth who wrote a book about her and Bill, I'm assuming, solving it. So the overarching mystery is Bill's murder, but there's also as an audience, although it seems to have been solved in their life, uh, this other like serial killer murder that brings into play like Darby's childhood with her dad being the coroner, her mm-hmm. and Bill meeting. So like that stuff is fun because it's played out to us. But I'm assuming because she wrote the book, The Silver Doe, like that serial killer and all of that has been solved, right? That's. Do you feel like that's going to come know. into play with Bill's murder like does that have some sort of uh, like i guess relationship to that i don't know if it does i feel like that's just filling in backstory of like how like why she is the way she is like why like having a corner for a father and her like kind of love of them not like love but like kind of passion for the macabre and understanding like what a knife wound is on a body and how it affects bones and like everything else i feel like it fills in more of her character but she also mentions during this book reading that she's reading from like the end of her book. And at this point, we don't know if the person they found uh, was actually caught, like the the murder of the silver doe. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming we're just gonna get more and more of that in these flashbacks throughout the series. Sure, sure. As I watched this time, I just thought everyone was a murderer. There were times I was like, is her dad the coroner for a <laughs> Iowa County that seems to have the highest murder per capita? 
is this coroner just going around murdering people? Because that's probably a pretty pretty good gig. And then a lot of Jane and John Doe's in that closet of his. Oh, so many. He's like, hey, will you go put this with my collection? And she's like, what? He's like, oh, I mean, in the official coroner storage room that I didn't nickname my collection of trophies. Um, so I, it is, I, I think they do it very well. They're interweaving her growing up with a coroner dad and like how involved she is. And they do some cool stuff throughout the episode where it's like um, like she's diagnosing stab wounds over the phone. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a cool superpower. She's like, oh, <laughs> flathead screwdriver. And honestly, Tom, that's not what I was thinking as you described those wounds because my dad wasn't a coroner. Um, I thought, you know, oh, those people should get divorced because my dad was a lawyer. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> And then they also have the obviously the scenes with her, like at the uh, the the different uh, the different crime scenes. Mm-hmm. And then they're also added into this fact that she's like a tech. I don't. She's not like a tech genius. She's a hacker, I guess. Yeah. Is, is yeah, hacking yeah. still cool? Are we? Is, is hacking <laughs> like remember when we were younger and all the movies like the hacker just typed really fast and they were the coolest <laughs> person in the. Remember when Angelina Jolie was a hacker and. Ooh, hackers. <laughs> Wait, Tom? Tom? Give me a second. I'll remember the name of the movie. Okay. It, okay. It was a group of hackers, and they all got together, and they did a bunch of hacking. And they play. Oh, they played Hacky Sack. I think the movie was called uh, Hackers, because they Boom. all played Hacky Sack. Yep, Boom. I got there. You worked your way back into it. Uh, I mean, what I appreciate about, like, a modern-day hacking, and I think the show Mr. Robot did a fantastic job of that, is the hacking that's going on in this show is, like, real. Like, when it shows her coding and doing all these, like, like you know, hacks, it's, they're, they're based out of real life and not just movie, old-school movie stuff where they're just, yeah, banging out a computer, and then it shows the internet being a bunch of towers in a digital virtual environment, like... It's it's cool. I like how it's grounded like this. It feels like you're questioning how Hackers was shot, which I don't really appreciate. I also feel like this is the point where we're supposed to bring up that CSI where they're fighting a hacker, and so two people hop on the same keyboard in order to double up their hacking strength. Um, that's something that I think about more than I should, if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, the other thing that is brought once again they're they're establishing characters um did you think she was gonna at her book reading tom did you think she was gonna bring that audience back or did you think she was gonna talk to an empty room were you surprised when people started sitting down i mean she came up to the lectern or whatever in her hoodie and didn't really do a great job of like selling it initially so i understood the people kind of getting up and then walking around the bookstore but i had to admit like the first five ten minutes of this show i was kind of laughing at it because it was so comically shot of the people sure. like listening in like ooh, ooh, she is saying something that's kind of interesting yeah. let me slowly walk over and take a seat like that was a bit a bit heavy-handed but she did a great speech and it was a cool a cool moment to be able to kind of explain her backstory in this this uh, novel she's written right right and so as she's reading the novel we're getting like her and bill's relationship as they are looking for this serial killer. At one point, I think she said that there's like 40,000 unidentified dead. Did she say each year? I didn't look up that statistic. I wrote it in our outline, and I was like, that can't possibly be right. And honestly, I don't want to dwell on it too much. So let's just let's just keep 
keep moving on from from that because um, that's my a, assumption is it's a it's a real stat uh, that they'll probably put together, which is very sad and uh, yeah, super sad, super sad. There is a part where they're talking about Bill, her I don't know partner in solving crime, where she mentions <laughs> that he stole a car. So you're mm-hmm. getting like. I appreciate how the show is giving you backstory on each of these characters and you're trying to piece together who they are and where they came from. And there's some complexity, Um, but you can't go wrong with a love song and a car ride between two awkward, let's call them teenagers. They could be 30. They could be (laughs) 15. I don't know how old they are. But uh, I believe it was an Ann Lennox song. Are you familiar with Ann Lennox? Annie Lennox? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Subtitles told me who was playing. <laughs> Is that well? Okay. Listen. Uh, all I know, Tom. <laughs> all I know. <laughs> all I know. <laughs> is it was so great. I love sub- that. The subtitles gave me the lyrics, and if you blink, you miss that there's a lyric <laughs> where it says "whistling buttonholes," hmm. and that flashed across my my <laughs> screen, and I was like, "Whistling what now? What was? What's this love song about?" And so I literally Googled what I thought it said. And I was very quickly walked on to the right lyrics, which was mm. whistling buttonholes. Not, buttonholes. Yes, what mm-hmm. I thought it was. That classic so, thing, yeah, when you're you know, just walking around in a uh, skyscraper and your buttonholes on your shirt are, are whistling. Are whistling. Yeah. Honestly, the, what I thought it said made more sense. But <laughs> anyways. But this uh, song is great, right? So no more I sure, love I you guess. from, from Ann Lennox. Um, but like I, of course, I I had to watch this video, uh, the music video. It's super oh, wow. crazy and weird. It's like this old Victorian style theater. There's like drag ballerinas dancing all around her. There's a lot of weird eye bulging for some reason. Like as she's singing to the camera. Um, I mean, I missed I missed the nineties. This was nineteen ninety five, and we need more more music videos like this. Sure, I miss the nineties too. The economy, peace everywhere, <laughs> uh, goodwill towards men. Uh, let's talk about the garage door opening scene. I think this mm-hmm. is important because to your point, it shows um, Darby's ability to like do some like ha- hacking st- type stuff. Mm-hmm. I think she does it with a Tamagotchi. I might be wrong, but I believe she uses <laughs> like a two-way a pager or something. Yeah, it has and like then, that that uh, cat po- uh, toaster, not toaster. It's like cat uh, pop tart looking thing. I don't know what it is. It's it's a Tamagotchi. Thing. Tamagotchi. Sure. And if I had one, it wouldn't last 24 hours. It would be dead. Um, Drowning my, in its feces. My kids, uh, my kids asked me what a pager was uh, last week. Um, and I had a l- real difficult time trying to explain <laughs> what a pager was. Which I feel like this is the third pager conversation you and I have had on a podcast. But, I don't know why you're talking uh, about pagers so much with your kids. Well, anyways... Uh, what's important about this also is the mention of uh, the Brit Marling character who is named Lee Anderson, who mm-hmm. is a well-known hacker that kind of disappeared off the internet, um, but then married this tech genius, Andy Ronson. And so she's using a Lee Anderson hack to open all of the garage doors in the neighborhood, which I thought was a very funny moment. 
um, because, yeah, hacking's difficult, right? Yeah, it's fun. And, yeah, apparently she's a better hacker than she even knows. Open up every day in garage door. But, yeah, they make it mention that, like, Lee Anderson was, like, docs. So, like, I guess just a bunch of malicious stuff on the Internet to kind of, like, put her out of the limelight or whatever. So, apparently she hasn't been seen for a long time. Sure. I appreciate it. He's like, we got to get out of here. And then he drove right into the garage. And I was like, that is almost the opposite of what you said a few minutes ago. <laughs> but then they they go to the basement. Tom, we live in a state that doesn't believe in basements. Um, nope. Got to be honest. I would not spend... I would see that basement and I'd be like, I'm good. We'll just let the dead bury the own, their own dead because I'm not going down there. I've got a real issue. I would love a basement, and maybe if I was the one that furnished it because I'd put 4,000 LED lights in it and it would never be dark. <laughs> um, but don't like basements. Didn't want to go into this basement. I certainly didn't want to go into the basement looking for a body. That was just, that sounds like the worst idea to go. I'll go into a basement for a beer. I won't go into a basement <laughs> for a body. No, sir. It was a goofy premise. Like they're going into this house and it seemed to be like abandoned. They're like saying, hey, cut the lights. Don't like, don't make any attention or whatever, but at the same time, they're jackhammering like the ground, and I would imagine like neighbors could probably hear this. It was kind of weird. So my assumption was like they weren't planning on anybody ever to be at that house. So the fact that somebody shows up the very next day was uh, was interesting. You didn't like that, huh? You didn't like the tension of all of that, Tom. I mean, have you ever accidentally fallen asleep somewhere? No. I mean, outside on my couch while like watching a bad movie uh, or show, uh, no. Allow me to rephrase, Tom. Allow, Your Honor, uh, let me redirect the question. Um, have you ever, Overruled. in the course of breaking and entering, uh, breaking up a concrete floor, fallen asleep on said concrete floor accidentally, only to wake up, I don't know, six hours later and surprised that you fell asleep? In the arms of, we'll just say, a sweaty person that has also been jackhammering concrete for several hours. I found this a little bit. I was like, no, you'd be so amped. You're like, I'm, I'm in a basement looking for a dead body. I'm not going to lie down and fall asleep. Just Well, they didn't need, like, the, the show didn't need that to happen. Like, have them take a break and then have her think just they... lean forward and then look at the stairs and make the same comment. There's just no reason for them to wake up outside of wanting it to be morning. <laughs> Tom, I went on this diatribe. I literally just looked at your note that said, odd place for a nap, which <laughs> just confirmed you had the same thoughts that I did. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your note. I literally, no, I don't read what you write on the outline, which is probably a me issue more than a you issue. <laughs> um, but I think what they, I, they're just trying to establish, and someone makes a comment someone in here, somewhere in there about them being so in love. And I almost felt like you needed like this moment where sh they fall asleep in each other's arms and mm -hmm. that person making that comment because they're both so kind of awkward with each other. I don't know that I would have been like, are they in love? Are they are they going to murder each other? Are they both <laughs> serial killers? I don't know. I got maybe it's the bangs, but both of their vibes together threw me off. So I think it they is needed this to establish the I guess the intimacy between the two. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I mean, it's it's early on, and we know we're going to get more of these flashbacks to help fill in the gap. We don't know, like, how long they've been together trying to kind of solve this, where they are in terms of, like, their quote-unquote relationship here. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's 
it's interesting. We'll certainly build on it, I'm sure. They then discover, because of the light, and oh, they needed to fall asleep because of the light so that she could stare at the staircase. Mm -hmm. uh, they immediately realize the stairs were like built and built poorly. When they knock down those stairs, and it's so easy, it's essentially like stairs made of a cardboard box. It's like wall, wall, stair. I was like, there's no way when they walk down those stairs, those stairs didn't collapse on them. The real murderers are the whoever was like, yeah, this is up to code. Those are the real murderers. <laughs> well, they kind of foreshadowed it when she was first going down the stairs. She kind of like slips and she's like, oh, uneven stairs or whatever. And then, you know, that's when she kind of finds oh, it. So she was lucky she didn't fall through. Yeah. The Phil Dunphy of it. Got to fix mm -hmm. that step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And then they find a body and they start talking about the serial killer who apparently his first victim with his wife, Patricia, they have a ring. I didn't. Tom, we did a Lord of the Rings TV show. Is this part of the Lord of the Rings canon? There's a lot of ring talk going on in this, uh, in this it show. It was interesting. She like yeah pulls out of an evidence bag like a similar ring, like the wedding ring to the engagement ring, and like matches them up. Uh, I think is kind of what she's doing. But it's I don't know, kind of a leap for the audience to make that that assumption. Tom, she has an evidence bag because her dad's the coroner. That's correct. Who? Tom, this is why the coroners need evidence bags. Are they collecting evidence? I guess they pulled out of bodies and put it in bags. Tom, did you not see all those cardboard boxes of trophies that guy had? Yeah, there's a <laughs> bunch of evidence boxes in there. <laughs> Tom, if I found your body and I pulled your wedding ring off your finger and then I found the body of your wife and I uh, put those rings together, would I be able to know you were killed by the same person or that one of you killed the other? I mean, no. I, again, I just I, I thought it was goofy because... Yeah, they made it seem like it's an engagement, like wedding ring pairing. So by putting them together, it it confirmed her thing. And I was like, well, you know, you just discovered this body. You probably shouldn't be tampering with it. Like you, your dad's oh, a coroner. You know oh, how this stuff works. Yeah, they 100% are <laughs> messing with a crime scene. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, I just wanted to establish that you guys don't have uh, matching... Uh, wedding rings which we most couples that are deeply in love do so yeah mine's uh, not broken though <laughs> i take care of my stuff if that's a veiled criticism of my cracked wedding ring nope, i won't recognize it and i won't Straight respond to it no sir <laughs> <laughs> it's tungsten dude it's meant to crack <laughs> all right anyways uh okay this is then where the man the, the tension of it all, a man appear. I'm assuming it's a man. Um, mm -hmm. The yeah. outline seemed manly with a gun. And then they start naming off a bunch of like victims names, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that would be my assumption. Because like the idea is like the silver doe is not just like a single person. It's like multiple victims that I guess all have this silver earring jewelry. or something in, yeah, in common. So, Okay. Okay. And then is there... Does he shoot one of them? Do we cut away before a shot? I, this this part, I was a little bit... It happened pretty quickly, and then we cut to present. And I was like, wait, who, what, where, yeah, and why? Yeah, Bill steps and in front of her. how is he ever going to get into the basement with no stairs? I mean, that was my, just That was safe? my question. <laughs> how are you getting out of there? You need a rope or something. Um, but yeah, Bill steps in front of Darby, and then we hear a gunshot, and that's how it, it ends. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Clearly, like, neither of these characters were killed in this instance but maybe they were wounded i don't know how they could, would have gotten out of the situation if the person actually did shoot at them and they have no exit so who knows based on the 
uh, vibe of this show being the comedy that it is. I expected mm-hmm. them to cut back and the guy on the staircase was like, oh, that's my ringtone. I just got a text and his text <laughs> ringtone is a gunshot. You know, that's yeah. what I assumed was going to happen. And then all three of them are going to laugh and laugh. And mm-hmm. he was going to be like, what'd you do to my stairs? And they're like, oh, there's a butt. And then he shoots both of them. Anyways, <laughs> just a fun comedy, this show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We already talked about Lee Anderson being married to Andy. So is Andy Ronson, is he, um, who's the guy that makes Tesla? His name is on the tip he's of like my tongue. He's like Elon Musk. Don't, he's like a Google guy. No, like he's, he's kind of all of them rolling the in one. electric vehicles and shoots stuff into space. What is that guy's name? And destroys space. social media platforms. Don't forget that one. The guy that he built that electric truck that looks like something from Halo. That you DeLorean? Wanna... Yeah. John DeLorean. DeLorean? Uh, John DeLorean. That's the one. <laughs> I think he bought Instagram and he's mm-hmm. been driving it into the ground because he doesn't take any pictures with filters. So <laughs> he took all the filters away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Golly, I'm bad at this. Oh, it, his name is Tom from MySpace. Um <laughs> Is this one I should bring up? I tried to make a team binge MySpace account, Tom, and it was just unworkable. Anyways, let's move on. Um, They are back at the book signing, and someone brings up why Bill isn't here. So Bill, the way they cut this, I was also like, okay, so we're not supposed to think Bill dies in that moment, or is... I don't know. I was I was confused a little bit here between the gunshot and then book signing, why isn't Bill here? Because you'd think in the book she'd be like, and then Bill was shot. Like, I don't think she would just leave that open-ended, right? Was I right to be confused well, a little and, bit here? Yeah, and who was the person that asked the question? Was just a random person in the audience? Because we do find out later that one of the people asking the question was... head of was, security guy. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the assumption being these people have not read her book at this point, so they would not know based on her reading. Uh, but I don't know if she literally said, gunshot, and then... That's how she stopped reading her book when she was talking to this bookstore. My wife also joked that when they were in the car singing the uh, uh, that song, the Dooby Dooby Doop 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 song, that she was there in the bookstore just reading that and singing the, the lyrics <laughs> to that song <laughs> to that group. They cut, they cut to her singing awkwardly, and there's no one in the crowd at that moment. Yeah. That would good. The toughest, yeah, the toughest thing for me to believe is a true crime something or other wouldn't draw a crowd because it seems like true crime. Which I think the show does a good job of like drawing on, like the Reddit, like conspiracy mm-hmm. boards, the true crime of it all. Um, I think uh, I think that's, uh, they, do it, they do it well. Not that mm-hmm. I've spent any time doing any of those things, but <laughs> when I imagine it in my head and wish I was doing it, this is how I picture it. Anyways, mm-hmm. 
We then in the present, and we have uh, Andy Ronson sends her her own app. She gets a Darby Hart app, um, which well, no, is she, pretty cool. He just sends no, her like a text that then no, downloads. Don't correct me. He <laughs> made an app called the Darby Hart app, and she got an app on her phone. Tom, don't take this from me, because I would love it if Tom from MySpace made me my own app and sent me the Julian Team Binge app. And uh, yeah, any listeners out there, if you guys are tech nerds and you want to make a, an app that just says Julian, it doesn't do anything. It's just an app that you can download that says Julian. Well, it Please. makes a weird robot AI person appear in my room. I found the way they did this, I thought was was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Super cool. Like with the at first I was like, OK, this is an AI. This is like a AR or whatever. But how is it knocking? But like after a second watch, all of her speakers and like seemingly her connected doorbell, like all this stuff is just like ringing because once she downloaded this app, it got access to like everything in her apartment, which was super cool. Um, and it's also goofy that he had to kind of sort of be invited in. She had to open her front door, then see sure. him, and then he asked to be invited in. So I'm Classic. pretty sure this AI might be a vampire. Yep. Yep, classic AI vampire. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, you nailed Tales it. Tales oldest time. You nailed it. This is the Buff- Buffy the Vampire Slayer of TV <laughs> shows, I believe. Um, he, at one point, Tom, and I felt like this was a pertinent question for you, my friend. At one point, this AI is like, we know who you are. You know, hey, you've always felt different, which... I think you could walk into a room and be like to anyone, be like, I know you've always felt different. And everyone it's like a horoscope. Like, everyone be like, oh, I feel seen right now. Yes, that is my <laughs> truth. Anyways, the AI is like, isn't it lonely being the smartest person in the room? And she has the gall to be like, yeah, it is really lonely. And I was like, what kind of jerk admits to that? Like, so Tom, well, She's still alone in you. this room. That This AI isn't a person. So, I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> You're, so you're saying she didn't realize it until this moment because she's a little, I gotcha, I gotcha. No, my, I mean, my real question to you, Tom, is, is it lonely always being the smartest person in the room? As someone who is constantly in the room filled with dummies, um, and this is why you and I do this remotely, because you kept saying, hey, I can't be in a room with dumb people anymore, so you made me do this podcast Can remote. I just... Yeah, Can I just clarify? Are you calling my wife and child dumb? Are they with you right now? Are they? You you make them listen to just your side of this conversation because I know they have to listen live. On, yeah, yeah, but they, they just hear live. your side. Ooh, mm-hmm. Tom, I've got news for you. We've gotten a lot of reviews, and they say the worst side of this podcast is just listening to you. So um, <laughs> that's true. It's when you like when one cord in the speaker isn't plugged in right, and you just get that one left and the left. Yeah. Anyways, that's some joke about. But speakers. no, it's uh, it's not. You know, I I enjoy being the smartest person in the room. I would like to ask you: Is it difficult being the person that's always on top? Speaking of our fantasy football season this year, you seem to be just absolutely destroying it oh thank goodness you were talking about fantasy football because uh i thought we were going this is a podcast for children i thought we were going (laughs) in a different direction um of which i am both a lazy uh partner and a lazy fantasy football (laughs) owner so read into that as you may um (laughs) uh yeah no it, it i'm not smart at all but this year in fantasy football, I'm the smartest. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it is lonely. It's lonely at the <laughs> top. Although when I get murdered in round one of the playoffs and I've got to listen to everyone taunt me, uh, it'll be even lonelier then, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on. We're both very smart and dumb at the same time. Fact. She's invited to this retreat in Iceland. Um, once again, we have this conversation with her dad where she diagnoses stab wounds. I was like, cool superpower. Before she gets on the, before she gets on the plane, Tom, they take her temperature and they swab her mouth. And I was like, this is important. It's important because they now have her mouth saliva. And DNA. you can do a lot with mouth saliva. For instance, if your goggles are fogging while snorkeling, you can mm-hmm. use mouth saliva to defog them. Um, you can also use mouth saliva to spit when it's cold outside. And if you wait long enough and it's cold enough, it might freeze. So they've got a pretty powerful thing in this mouth saliva, right? She does get, um, give away quite a bit here, right? She signs this seemingly NDA. Uh, does not read it. No, nope. <laughs> doesn't read yeah. a thing. Uh, for like somebody who's kind of conspiracy driven, like you figure she might, but obviously she really wants to to see what this is all going to be about. I don't necessarily blame her, but yeah, the idea of giving her DNA is kind of suspect, and I'm wondering if that's going to come back in some form or fashion. They, I don't know. I'm not going to say clone her, but just do something goofy with that. I don't know why they would have needed it. Sure, sure. It also establishes that in this world, COVID is real, I think, is what they're also, they're establishing that baseline. So I thought that was uh, interesting in this. Yeah, they didn't do like a glass onion kind of thing about just, you know, what, pushing something in their mouth saying, oh, yep, you don't have to worry about the vaccine anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, eventually. Anyways, um, she gets on a plane and all I wrote in the Outlook, Tom, and I'm not proud of this. I just wrote a lot of smart butt sniffers, which not a term I've really ever used in my life, but I was probably like four bourbons in by the time. And I mean, the episode's not that long. So we're 20 can minutes you, into that episode. Can you expand on this? Are they dogs? Are they just sniff each other out? Go I on with think, this analogy. Man, I didn't watch a lot of South Park, but I think I am referring to... There's a South Park episode where all the people that are like uppity, if that's a term, still uh, are sniffing their own butts. And Mm. so that's, uh, I don't know. These people all seemed very self-important, I guess, was what I was getting at. And enter our, I'm a, I don't really can, I don't know that, are they suspects? I guess where we get to at the end of this, they're all suspects, right? Everyone's a suspect. You're the gumshoe, Tom. Tell me, is everyone a suspect? (laughs) I mean, the way they're setting this up, like especially when we get the the dinner or lunch scene or whatever later on, it's getting everybody at the table that's been invited to this. And my assumption being, yes, everybody at this table is a suspect. If they're not on the table, I would say probably not because just the way these things are like genre driven, Usually you're going to gather everybody together, have one of them die, and then try to figure it out, Agatha Christie style. I don't, I really don't understand why there isn't just a running, like, show with this premise. Uh, Agatha Christie sold billions of books, is still selling books on this, (laughs) like, hey, murder, like, we're all stuck in one spot, it's got to be one of us. Mm -hmm. Um did you watch the most recent Poirot movie, The um, Murder in Venice? I, I don't remember what the exact title is. 
We um, did. I, I wasn't as much of a fan of that. I like the other ones. I feel like they're just kind of too campy. And that was like, I, it was more like horror driven. Oh, a lot yeah, of goofy jump yeah. scares. I didn't like it as much. Okay. I enjoyed it. I, I Once again, it kind of, to your point, was very like horror almost-esque. Um, but anyways, don't get me started on, I'm I'm a real Christie head. <laughs> You're you a know fan. that. You're a fan. Both a Chris Christie head as well as an Agatha Christie <laughs> head. Uh, man, I regret saying that on a recording, but whatever. I you well. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> our kids don't listen. Anyways, um, so we have some of the characters. Let's talk about them. We have Martin Mitchell, who is the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. We have... Who's actively reading The Silver Doe, too, when, when he gets on board. Right, right. Now, my assumption was he had a different book, and he was just using that jacket cover to, like, play it up. No, was he? <laughs> I don't think do so. Think I was thinking he, he had was... the actual novel. Okay. Um, then we have Lou May, who builds smart cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Cyan, Cyan Cruz, who is the um, woman from I Am Legend. That's the actress from I Am Legend. That's oh, what she what so... she's from. Yeah, okay. that's what she's from. Um, and what is important about her is it took me forever to figure out that she didn't work for Andy, that she wasn't necessarily, well, she's his doctor, but she's also an astronaut. I don't know. She was like, hey, uh, they took a poll. They were like, hey, kids, what do you want to be when they grow up? And every kid's like, oh, I want to work for Andy. Um, <laughs> I want to be an astronaut, and I want to be a doctor. And she's all of those things. So <laughs> we eventually got there. Triple threat. Triple threat. There's <laughs> David, who's a venture capitalist, and all I could think about was... Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn from Wedding Crashers. We, we own a, a merging Mabel circumglomerate. <laughs> We're always venture capitalists. Anyways, um, uh, I hear that term a lot, Tom, and I hate to admit this, and I know this is just a conversation between you and I. Still don't know what a venture capitalist is, but it doesn't There's matter. There's no way of knowing. Uh, and then we have uh, the artist known as Fangs. Which we later find out, or yeah, we later find out is Bill. Yeah, it's very much like a Banksy type situation. Like it's just yeah, a world renowned artist goes by Fangs, and I don't know if people know who he is, um, if he's like a Banksy type. But I mean, that's what they're kind of playing at. Well, they have. Well, okay, we can go into that later. Now, with his name being Fangs, Tom, were you? Did you continue to think about vampires in this world? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably Dracula, and then the AI is one of his vampire uh, underlings. Huh. Smart. I mean, that's my running theory. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iceland is known for its vampires. Mm -hmm. Um, The Okay. Something happens here that I thought was a little bit trippy. We have a flashback, and we have Bill in the tub, but then Bill's not in the tub, and it's like he left her at the hotel, and he wrote, this is too much and not enough. I left you the car. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, rub dub dub You can't fix a gunshot wound by taking a bath. Tom, true or false? Mm, depends. Where'd you get shot? Depends on the gunshot wound. Depends on, really, the temperature of the water, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We know if you get it at least 107 degrees, then it kills everything. Right, right, right. <laughs> including the person that's in it right okay uh (laughs) anyways i was confused by what was real because 
because at one point she he's in the tub, and then in the other one he, she like rewakes up and he's not in the tub. Right? This was confusing. Or was yeah, I, drunk? I mean it's all this little hotel that they're at. So again, I think this is just they're playing with us. This is maybe going to be a more impactful scene later on. We're going to come back to this. Like they're just kind of playing fast and loose with the flashbacks. Okay, fast and loose. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to Iceland. Iceland looks beautiful. They always say like Iceland is green. Greenland has ice. And I thought this show did a really good job of emphasizing that because it's just green fields forever, right? Strawberry yeah, fields take that, forever. Mighty ducks. Yeah, exactly. But they do have so like when everybody's arriving, they do these cool scenes, like very dramatic of them going to this. I guess a hotel it looks more like a a prison in the middle of nowhere here in Iceland. There's like this weird bearded flannel guy that kind of shows up separately, like seemingly off the back of a truck or something. Like, I don't know what to make of this guy. Like he's, he didn't get the five-star treatment. My assumption is maybe this is not an Andy invite. Maybe this is somebody from Lee's Lee's side. side. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a wedding. He's from the bride's side. Yeah. But he is at dinner later. He is at the dinner, right? Yeah. He's featured. He's part of this group. So I don't, I just don't know what his backstory is yet. Maybe he just loves hitchhiking. I don't know. Most murderers love hitchhiking. Don't you mm, remember all those hitchhiking murders that happen all the time? Yeah, Large March. Oof, Large March. Uh, Sideshow Bob, I'm pretty sure, hitchhiked mm. and murdered a lot of people. Um, I write. I wrote down Flajoit Valley, which I'm sure that's how you pronounce that. Um, I don't have anything more to say other than Flajoit, you know? <laughs> love it. Poo-tecky-tecky. <laughs> they all get uh, ring rings that are keys which i feel like if you're going to introduce a technology that's like hey you can get anywhere you want to just wear this ring um that it would have come into play more because everyone would be wearing one right and so we have a character die you'd think the hotel would be like um you have a guest in room 11 his heartbeat is erratic. EMTs <laughs> is that your, go. Your AI. That's my AI hotel. But I don't know. I felt like we're kind of to to quote you playing fast and loose with what this key ring does and what it mm-hmm. like communicates, right? Yeah, I think at some point the AI like mentions like he could or she could tell or sorry the AI could tell she needed like a bath based off of her like blood temperature or whatever body heat. Um, <laughs> So like it's giving this Ray, <laughs> this Ray guy a lot of information about the guests. So yeah, the idea that they don't really know fully what's going on is seems kind of silly. Here's why I'm here's why I'm laughing, Tom. That scene happens, and the AI. So the AI is running the bath, and the AI is like, "Oh, I could read your." I'm like, she's in Iceland at night. Like, of course she's cold. Like, are you? Uh, 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 it, AI is so smart that it ran a hot bath. It would have been great if AI was like, we ran a cold bath. And it's like, wait, what? And AI is confused. Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. they, it was supposed to show how smart AI was. And I was like, it doesn't take a genius. I'm dumb. And I know a hot bath is nice on a cold Iceland night. Yeah. Anyways. And I don't know what this guy's name is, but the guy that gives her the ring, I mean, for all, lack of a better word, I'm going to call him the butler. So my assumption is he did it. Because no, the butler always, always does it. It's always the butler. It mm-hmm. is 100% the butler, or it's Michael Fassbender in The Killer. Those are um, my main suspects right now. Have you watched <laughs> David Fincher's The Killer on Netflix, Tom? I have. It was fine. Okay. Interesting. Have you? I, having watched that after watching this, I had a lot of thoughts uh, on how they correlate. And uh, is it a shared universe? You betcha. I'm going to have some comments about it. Mm, okay. So... 
she gets kind of introduced to the hotel and the butler, for lack of a better word, um, is like showing her around. Did you get the sense that all the other guests had been there before? Like they were regulars? No, I don't think so. It just seems like they're, I mean, they're, like you kind of said in the beginning, like they're kind of butt sniffers, I guess, if you will, <laughs> that maybe <laughs> expect this it's or like have, you say it. Have, have this like level of, I don't know, like fanciness that they just don't, it, it doesn't hit them as hard as it does her. Like cause she's just a lonely hacker author kind of thing that it's a completely different experience from her standpoint. Sure. But they sure. didn't really show us any of the other guests arriving or doing anything else. Sure. We have, okay, so we have Ray, the AI assistant, who is now at the hotel, too, and and he's like her, he's her guy in the van with the computer, like, Mm -hmm. she's going to rely on him, which I would say maybe conflict of interest. I I don't know, can we trust Ray, the AI, who works for Andy Ronson, or is Andy Ronson? Anyways, um, upon arriving, Tom, do you often dye your hair places? When you... There's, because you used to travel for work quite a bit. I'm assuming every time you went, you got there and dyed your hair hot pink. Is that normal for you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you got to impress the the people, so you got to make it pop. Sure. It, it, it's interesting that you chose to pack that, or or I don't know, maybe uh, Ray the AI made it for her. like, oh, you look like you need more pink in your hair. <laughs> well, and then there's also this scene where she walks by and she sees Lee. Lee's like sweeping up broken pottery. Like, mm-hmm. did we have a fight? Did someone throw a dish? Did we drop a dish? Why is she sweeping and not the butler? I don't. I don't know. I had questions here. Is mm-hmm. there some marital strife between Lee and Andy Ronson? I would definitely say there is. I okay. mean, just based off of like they're trying to put their best face uh, in front of people. But uh, yeah, I would say there's some shenanigans going on in the background. Okay. At dinner time, we finally meet Lee, and then we meet Zoomer. Tom, how high on the list when you were naming your child was Zoomer? Was it like top four, top ten, top four thousand? Where did Zoomer well, land? I have a brother whose nickname is Boomer, so that would have been a little bit too close. Uh, Zoomer is a is an interesting choice, a bold choice, if I if I would say. Is bold the right word, Tom? I think in this case it is, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I forgot, I forgot your brothers, <laughs> who I know is Boomer. <laughs> uh, and so my question makes less sense. But, um, all right. Tom, are you excited for the next 20 years of our lives, most of the conversation and media being about AI? Are you on a level of 9 to 10? 10 being the highest and 9 being the lowest. When you say, I'm excited to talk about AI, you're like, I'm at a 9 or I'm at a 10. Like, where are you? And I'm going to quote this and put it online so that everyone knows you're a 9 or a 10 when it comes to talking about AI. The kind of work I do for a living will likely require me to use AI in some form or fashion. Oh, wow. I may already use it to a point with some of the generative stuff. So, Tom, just so everyone knows, Tom writes in Hollywood, animated <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So, uh, I think they call him a scab. 
or mm-hmm. actually the strike's over so now tom's just employed but been fighting yeah. those unions hard but uh yeah they they won this round <laughs> he loves ai loves big business tom golly i can't wait for you to run for president and someone to dig all these recordings up this is great and by president, I mean president of the Actors Guild, like Fran Drescher, the nanny. She's fantastic, by the way. She's, yeah, you wouldn't think it, but she's yeah, she's she's, she's fantastic because of all of her 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 pedigree of her uh, work. But yeah, she's great. Oh, you don't. But anyways, yeah, this is beautician I mean, this is and a, the beast. You don't have to tell me about her work. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know Fran Drescher's work. But this is, I mean, this is our big scene, right? Because this is getting everybody together. He gives this big speech about artificial intelligence or what he wants to rebrand it as alternative intelligence. Um, But I guess the idea of why he's bringing everybody here, at least what he's saying is why he brought everybody here is for climate change. But I don't know if I'm buying it. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You not buying it is funnier because of the joke I made earlier. And (laughs) that's how this all works. So one of these guys is good at robotics. I don't remember who. Um, we have, I think Zeba is the message end to end encryption because she was like a reporter in Iran, I think they said. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, how, how is a reporter writing end to end encryption? I mean, can't you just download WhatsApp? Everyone knows WhatsApp's safe, right? <laughs> um, and then this is also where I was like, they said something about CN colonizing the moon. And I was like, oof, I don't know what she does at all. Um, and then there's a lot of jobs that could be colonizing the moon so confused and then this is where we find out that much like a wedding lee invited some andy others which was theorized on the plane and it Mm -hmm. is kind of there is kind of a i was invited by andy you were invited by lee you're Mm -hmm. an idiot like that's fun uh this all leads to the big reveal where who shows up at dinner? Who's coming to dinner, Tom? Billy Boy. Billy Boy shows up and almost murders Darby. Almost kills her. We almost <laughs> have our first our first death in the show because Darby doesn't know how to, I don't know, eat a carrot? I don't know what they mm-hmm. were eating. Uh, but, yeah, Bill, Bill, just his mere presence almost kills Darby. Mm-hmm. I like this twist, though, because it was kind of a shock. Like, you knew Bill probably had to be involved, but I like the way that they, they handled this, of him showing up and then her getting surprised. Right, and they both still have the same banks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's been six years, man. You didn't find a different barber. We've been going to the same barber for six years, and we never ran into each other. What are the <laughs> chances? Who knows? Um, okay, Lee's toast. I, not Lee's toast. Lee gives a toast. Um, once again, forgive me, audience. Not bread put into a toaster and then buttered. <laughs> Lee gives a toast with a glass. And her toast, very poignantly, is to finding a way out. Mm. Now, Tom, as someone who, and I can only speak for myself, um, believes in trying to get off this global warming planet, mm-hmm. um, to finding a way out means, you know, maybe getting out. But as someone who's also married to finding a way out might mean, you know, departing from this marriage. So mm-hmm. what did she mean, Tom? Did she mean, was she trying to throw some eye at Bill, who I think there might be a little bit of something, something, which we're about mm-hmm. to find out later on? 
What is Lee trying to find a way out of? No, I, I don't think I clocked this when I first watched it, like the her toast and it having kind of more of a, a double meaning. Because I think, again, they're they're putting on this brave face and, and making it sound like everything is great and they're having these little quips back and forth. But I'm, I, I'm kind of leaning that way, right? That she is in an unhappy marriage and there's something else going on in the background and she's trying to get out of her situation. Sure. Third meaning... Is she trying to find a way out of eating toast because of both the gluten and the dairy allergy that she has? Those would no. be so. Toast those is would so be good. the three. Throw a little avocado in there. Mm, delicious. Oh, wow. Okay. You've changed. You've changed, my friend. <laughs> avocado toast. Hold the avocado, please. Um, Zoomer. Zoomer. Are we going to be able to say this kid's name without laughing? That's, I guess, Listen, the I big have... mystery. Listen, I have... I have a lot of thoughts about Zoomer, but I will just say, I think what they're trying to do here in this scene where, yeah, Zoomer's kind of like bland doctor and there's like these, these looks between Bill and Lee, or I think more so Bill or Lee and uh, Andy as Mm -hmm. their kid is like talking to him. I feel like what they're trying to do or play at here is like, maybe the kid is Bill's like maybe they had an affair or something way back when. And then maybe that's what they're trying to do because there are some, weird looks exchanged but i to me i think that's kind of a bit of a red herring um but i don't want to talk about that quite yet i want to i want to hold that till the end of this this episode we talk through theories okay that's fine you can talk through that theory i'm going to talk through my theory now because i don't wait for anyone um zoomer should be charged for medical malpractice because clearly something is happening with bill's heart in this moment Zoomer should have been able to pick it up on the stethoscope, and Zoomer is the reason that Bill died. Boom. Zoomer's at fault. (laughs) As a medical professional, he should have recognized the signs of Bill dying, and so Bill's blood is on Zoomer's hand. I don't Mm. think we have to watch any more episodes, Tom. I think we have our murderer, and it's the U.S. medical system. (laughs) That didn't train this 10-year-old kid. <laughs> that didn't train him right. Yes. I'm going after medical colleges. Shut them all down. Shut them all down. <laughs> Let's go back to acupuncture and Zinco Gabalobo. That's what I think we should all... Herbs and acupuncture. Boom. Yeah. More like hypocrite oath, right? <laughs> Man, yeah, that one loaded up. That was pretty good. I like that. I didn't heard that one. I like that. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt. Our next team bench t-shirts. Uh, hypocrite <laughs> oath, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Please buy our t-shirts. No. Um, okay. Pool time. Uh, seems like a great time. Uh, she swims. She talks to some people. Looks cold. Uh, I think what's also important is new theory, Tom. Uh, she kills Bill when she punches him in the chest. This was an overly aggressive punch to the <laughs> it chest. It was the tummy. It nope. wasn't the chest. Okay, well, then he died from acid reflux from when she <laughs> punched him in the tummy. And uh, Cyan's an astronaut, not a doctor. So mm-hmm. that's why they didn't know. But he definitely died to blunt force tummy damage. Uh, <laughs> he turns that's the way out, I want to she, go. She's like, oh, you want to get a drink? He's like, no, thank you. Um, but then later on, he's like, oh, but you can come by my room. I don't, I, I was confused by all of this. 
I want to um, feel like he's doing like she kind of says like so get a drink as a means to just hey let's let's get together and talk and because he doesn't say he doesn't want to get a drink but he'll go for like a walk like he still wants to be able to have some like private time with her but maybe it's implying that he doesn't drink maybe like he used to sober. and he's yeah. getting sober yeah 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 nobody likes a quitter that's all I mm-hmm. have to say about that <laughs> Whew, I'm gonna get some letters anyways um there is. There's a conversation here that happens where Bill created a uh, art installation called Artificial Insanity. How hard did you laugh when you were when when they called it Artificial Insanity, a play on artificial intelligence? Did I just you laugh I just big? thought of did you uh, laugh small. I thought of my boy Jamiroquai. I was thinking Virtual Insanity. So that room moving and that crazy ass music video. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know what you just referenced, but you can have it. Um, <laughs> We find out that because of that art installation, Andy invited him, but he very quickly, which I don't know, this felt kind of mean. He's like, but I came here for Lee. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, clearly Bangs is in love with you. So maybe don't rub that in her face. I don't know. Felt felt mean, but what can you expect from two people that get their hair well, cut he didn't from know. He didn't know that Darby's going to be here, right? Like, you don't get a guest list when you get invited to this thing. Like, oh, I feel like they're both kind of hackers. Yeah, but he could have gently said, he didn't have to be like, oh, I'm here for Lee. You know, I don't know. It felt mm-hmm. it felt a little bit mean based on, anyways, doesn't matter. Just two Brits <laughs> doing American accents. Uh, <laughs> that's all I could think about during this. Mm-hmm. There's an offer of, we'll call it intimacy, and we find out that Bill's in room 11, which we all know is a very unlucky number. Is it? I thought it was 13. You're right, Tom. It is 13. I don't know why <laughs> I, do, I ever thought it was 11. I do like this classic bit where he's like, I've got to tell you something. Uh, and like, of course, oh, okay, he's got to tell you something, but he doesn't tell you right now. This guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do this at parties you don't like you're not constantly when you like don't have anything else to say to someone you're like hey i've got to tell you something but i can't tell it to you here and then then you leave and then (laughs) that's when you call the uber and disappear and that person spends the rest of their life wondering what you had to tell them and what you were going to tell them is just that bed bath and beyond will still take those 10 percent coupons even if they're expired wow even if they're out of business are they out of business? Man, what have I done with all I these coupons? <laughs> all these coupons here, Tom. I've been, I've been selling people that advice for years. Oh, no. I'm a fraud. Um, frog? Yes, a frog. Oh, um, Kermit. Kermit, sorry. We, we then have we have the AI smart bath. Thanks, AI, mm-hmm. you real dummy. Um, Darby Googles. This is why I don't think he's a um, Banksy type because when she Google, she Googles Fangs and Lee, Google's like, here's some photos of him. And you're like, yeah. okay, so I guess he didn't wear a disguise like Banksy mm-hmm. does. Banksy's the one that dresses up like a bat because of the traumatic incident when he was a child and he made bats his thing because that's what he was afraid of and his parents died. <laughs> is that the Banksy? Am I touching no, something? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think he dresses up like a like your local bank, and he's got like big money bags he just carries oh, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, rich yeah. artist. Yeah, mm-hmm, he made mm-hmm. all that money off art. Yeah, uh, I'll never understand that stuff. Um, whew, we have oh, after she sees this picture, she plays the love song. The we'll call Anne. <laughs> 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 
thank you for your dedication to that bit. I I would like to mention uh, the song that that running up the hill song from Stranger Things. You know that mm-hmm. song that she plays. Uh, when we went trick or treating, one of the kids dressed up like that character and took their parents' phone and just played that song on repeat. Oh, I think we had one in our neighborhood too. It was that, pretty great. That song is a jam, and honestly, three hours of listening to it over and over again did not get old. This song, <laughs> listening to it maybe one and a half times, not my jam. Not something I want to listen to. So I guess what I'm saying is I hope no one dresses up like Darby for Halloween next year and listens Ooh. to this song on repeat. Challenge accepted. Oh, you've got the bangs for it, my friend. That's for sure. Uh, okay, so she briefly runs into the hotel manager, and then she hears moans outside of Bill's room. He is in the throes of ecstasy. Ecstasy. And um, sounds like he's having a real good time, and that's where the episode ends, right? He's just mm-hmm. Bill's doing on cloud some nine. things on cloud nine. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> no, she walks around outside, and he apparently is dying, but he wants her to stay very, very mm-hmm. kindly. He's like, "Hey, don't look away. Watch me die, because that's what a human being should do. You should have to watch your friend die." So yeah, I mean, he wants. He knows he's probably a gunner. He wants his. You know, right. I guess you could call it the yeah. love of his life to be there in his, his dying moments. Oh, now it's the love. Of, even though he was like, I'm here for Lee, you now think that's the love of his life? How quickly the tide tables turn, Tom. Interesting. <laughs> All right. That's the episode. I enjoyed mm-hmm. every bit of it. Um, Tom, I know you already have a suspect. I'll tell you mm-hmm. who my suspect is if you tell me who your suspect is on three. Ready? One, two, three. Michael Fast. Zoomer. Oh. Go ahead. You give me your Michael Fassbender. Okay. So Michael Fassbender from The Killer is a hitman, and uh, it's an interesting movie. And all I could think about was, oh, he killed Bill. He definitely, he's very, uh, he doesn't like to shoot people. He likes like the slow, natural death. And so I think Michael Fassbender from The Killer killed Bill. That's my You're sure it's not uh, Beatrix Kiddo or Uma Thurman from The Kill Bill franchise? (sighs) Never saw it, but... Mm. You said Beatrix um, from Harry Potter, and now I do think maybe she alakazammed him. Um, Beatrix, I'm going to get there. Beatrix Potter, I think was her full name. So, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I'm, I want to talk through this, this Zoomer kid. So after watching this first episode, my wife made Oh, mention, you think Zoomer's the, the murderer? This is legit. You, okay, yes. interesting. Wow. I think, I think there's a lot more to Zoomer than okay. what they've shown us. I think they're trying to give some like little little crumb or Easter eggs and stuff. So like it, during that scene, when Zoomer comes running in, like a lot of affection is shown from Andy, like picks him up and seems like it's great. There's really little to no affection from... Uh, Lee's character. Okay. And when Zoomer's kind of running around the table, he, like, one of the, I think it was, uh, I can't remember her character's name, Zeba. She was, like, going to give him, like, bread or something like that. And he says, like, no, 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 don't, he can't eat that. Um, and gluten. then when, yeah, gluten. Like, I feel like this kid might be, like, an AI robot. Like, the fact that they've got a robotic expert here, they have this AI intelligence that can, like, learn and do all this kind of stuff. Like, the fact that they're not letting this kid eat, that he's, like, very cryptic and everything. Like, my wife made the mention, like, oh, maybe he's just, like, a little robot kid. I'm like, that would be kind of cool and kind of trippy um, to make this kid be, like, maybe some rogue AI robot that they're trying to 
do a Turing test with these people and make it seem like this kid is real, um, where in all reality he's malfunctioning and maybe he's the one that actually kills Bill. Hmm. Interesting. I, I feel like there's enough, like there's not, there's not, I mean, it's just, it's a wild theory at this point, but there's enough they throw in this episode that makes me lean in that direction with like all these, like all the tech that is involved in this show. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they, they do something like that. No, I, this did not occur to me. I like where you're at. And I think you pointed out when, like when they're at, when he's asked his age, he like mm-hmm. boils it down to. Yeah, he's like seven years old, 14 months, or like 12 months and 13 seconds. Like, it was like so exact. And it makes it, they give a little throwaway where he kind of looks at his watch. Maybe his watch is tracking it. But, I mean, again, that seems like the kind of response like an AI might give when somebody asks him that question. Right. They'd look at their watch. Taking it very literal. But the spirit in their soul would know how many Mm -hmm. minutes, days, and And to your point, he was a terrible doctor. So, I don't know how good AI is at doctoring, but uh, this kid's got a lot of work. Okay. Okay. I like it. I also like it because obviously Isaac Asimov's laws of robotics in order to find out whether or not something's a robotic, you have to stab it with a flat-headed <laughs> screwdriver, which mm-hmm. there was a callback in one of the phone calls with the coroner. So, I would assume at some point someone's going to stab this little kid robot with a screwdriver. We're going to find out whether or not he's a real boy like Pinocchio <laughs> or a robot. And it's going to be tragic one way or the other. Or great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Okay. I like it. I like it a mm-hmm. lot. Here's my theory, Tom. You, as an avid art buyer, know that when an artist dies, their artwork is worth exponentially more. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that Andy bought Fang's artwork... And because he's like Banksy, I'm assuming that means he bought a bunch of banks. And so (laughs) now that Fang is dead, all those banks and credit unions, I'm not going to rule out credit unions, um, are worth a whole whole lot more. Mm. Um, My third theory is is that Bill's not dead, and this is just a fun team-building exercise where... You fake a murder. I mean, you've you've been to corporate events. Remember those corporate events mm-hmm. you've been to where they like yeah. they massacre a person in the middle of the shrimp cocktail hour, and everyone's got to figure out who killed them. Yeah, and then it's just it, like a rich people escape room. Exactly, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. they they whisked her away from his body very quickly. Like mm-hmm. they were like, "Hey, take you know." And so, uh, Bill might not be dead. Although I've seen episode two and I know Bill's did. So let's throw that theory out. But all right, that's episode one. Uh, Anything left from episode one we didn't hit, Tom? No, I think we kind of touched on it all. I feel like it was, it's a slower show. It's a slow burn. But I, again, as a pilot, I think they did a good job of introducing us to the characters, setting up some of their backstories. And it's it's a short season. I think it's only seven episodes. So uh, I'm excited for more. What's funny, Tom, is you watched these before I did, and we don't really give each other like strong impressions before we let the other person watch, which I appreciate. You had mentioned, hey, it's you know slow, kind of deliberate, maybe a little artsy. I don't remember exactly what you said, but I know you said slow. I felt like the pacing, like for what it is, like it's a slow burn, but I don't feel like I was ever like, where's my phone? Like, let me yeah. look up a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. So. I felt like it flowed really well. I love a good whodunit, and I know you're going to solve it before I did <laughs> or am and will. Um, let's just hope. You know what? I think the real killer, 
as we always say, say it together on three, one, two, three, global Cholesterol. warming. Oh. Okay, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> uh, we have been Team Binge. You can uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear people's theories. Uh, and you all know who we're talking about. Uh, you can send <laughs> us your theories at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Tom runs the socials, so I'll let him touch on that. We have t-shirts at TeePublic. Um, you're welcome to buy them. I think the, uh, the most recent one that we'll create is Zoomer is a Murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Tom, what did I miss? Yeah, social media is Instagram, Twitter's at Team Binge or at Team Binge Podcast. And if you enjoy our show, uh, please tell your friends and take some time to like and review us on the Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast you listen to. So thanks again for for listening in. And like I said, we'll we'll jump right into episode two. I have been Julian. I have been Gumshoe Tom. Till next time, everybody.